Mino Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. You'll see like Muslim, hijabi influencers, uh, marketing products, a lot of skincare products that we're really not supposed to be able to use. And, you know, they're marketing and promoting these brands, but the brands aren't even thinking about actually formulating products so that they are permissible for Muslims to use. And so I wanted to change that. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Jordan Kareem, founder and CEO of Flora and Noor. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review. It means so much to us. All right. Jordan is the founder and CEO of Flora and Noor, the most inclusive Black-owned brand in the industry with halal certified vegan and cruelty-free products. Flora Noor serves the vacancy of halal skincare products in the beauty industry and provides skincare options for clean care enthusiasts and underrepresented consumers, like those with melanin-rich skin, those who are environmentally conscious, and those who need to use halal products. Flora and Nora has been featured in the Zoe Report, British Vogue, Birdie Bustle, Huda Beauty, and Delore. Jordan, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so excited to have you here. That You are a true testament of ask and you shall receive. So for all the listeners, Jordan actually reached out. Um, we didn't know each other, reached out through um, email. Like this is like old school. We're emailing um, about her brand and the team and I, we did the research and we are so excited to meet Jordan, to learn more about Flora and Noor and it's tenacity. That's what we're going to talk about today. Tenacity, courage, <laughs> I was doing my meditation this morning and it's like, what's your word? And it's courage. So I see that in you. I am excited to learn. And also you launched your brands in COVID, your COVID baby, a success story. So Jordan, tell us everything, like your journey, your story, why you launched and how you got here with us today. All right. Okay. I'm so excited. So, um, before this, before I launched Floor and Noor, I was a pharmaceutical consultant, actually, um, for the likes of um, Allergan and Johnson and & Johnson. Um, and I worked with a lot of um, pharmaceutical skincare brands like uh, Botox and SkinCeuticals. Um, and I just love skincare. I love all of it. Like, it, it makes me feel good. I just, yes. And I always use like skincare as like my self-care moments, like to get away from my kids. Like even if it's just like I have a mask on and the kids are running around, it just makes me feel calmer. Just having like a face mask on, I love it all. Um, however, none of the um, brands like Botox, SkinCeuticals or anything like this, most of them are not vegan and cruelty-free. And though they are efficacious and they definitely work and are effective, um, they're not very inclusive either. So I don't even think they think about, you know, being halal, what that even means. Um, and so I wanted to create something um, that really represented who I was and was inclusive of everyone. Um, me being a Black woman, Muslim, all these things, um, I wanted to implement that into the brand and I want everybody to be able to shop from floor and more. So I took my knowledge, my expertise of pharmaceutical skincare, um, and I've merged that into Flora and Noor so people can still use um, natural, uh, effective products. Because just because it's like natural and organic based doesn't mean that it can't be effective. Just like pharmaceutical skincare, as people you know know it as, 
Um, and so that's what I have done during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You're like, just this little thing. So there's a few things that I want to go back to. So pharmaceutical, how did you get into that? Like, were you always into that side of the business? Did you raise your hand and say, I'm going to school for this? Like, what was the path that actually got you into that place? Yeah. So actually, um, I went to school for pharmacy. Um, so my, you know, education is in that, um, I've done like pharmaceutical research, um, in undergrad. And then I decided, um, while I was pursuing my farm D, um, one of the, uh, pharmacy managers at the Walgreens that I was like interning at, um, he was like, you should try working at, um, this pharma company that his wife worked at. And I was like, sure. I'll interview. I don't know. Like, that's very different from what we're doing here. And he's like, yeah, but he's like, you know what? I actually hate my job. And I think that you have like such an interesting personality. I think you might end up hating this too. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll try it. And I ended up absolutely loving it. I loved like talking to dermatologists, talking to estheticians, doctors of all sorts of uh, specialties educating them and educating me and us just educating each other and just consulting. And yeah, so I, I, so I did that um, for about eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's so interesting because the ability for you to say, like, I wanted to create something that like I needed, I saw a need that I'm passionate about. You mentioned being Muslim. So connecting that with your culture and then, like, the passion from what you're actually doing in your day-to-day job. Like, it's so great because often we've, we've had founders on who are in completely different fields, like, literally completely different fields. And then all of a sudden, they come into the beauty industry. I think our past two guests. So it's really a testament to be able to say, I want to go into pharmacy. Now, how can I translate that into a brand? And even when we think about this lens of culture, Talk about, because you, you you filled this vacancy and this void around halal, and you were able to bring that together with vegan and organic. So break down for us the halal piece of it and how that um, plays into your products and your connectivity to your products from culture. Okay, so um, a product being like halal or halal certified means that it doesn't contain any alcohol um, or any animal byproducts. And a lot of times when getting certified, they want to make sure that your products are also like conscious of the environment as well. Um, so unfortunately, um, because we have not had like a halal skincare brand based in the U.S. like available to us, uh, a lot of Muslims like myself will use prohibited skincare. Okay, I know that's not good, but you know we don't have any other options really, um, right. or we will just DIY at home and. For the life of me, I didn't understand why there was not like a popular, well-known halal skincare brand that was like based in the U.S. Um, because you'll find lots of like halal nail polish, halal makeup, but not so much skincare. Um, and so I decided I wanted to just fill that vacancy. I thought it was really strange that it didn't <laughs> exist, and I want all of us to be able to to be proud of the skincare that we're using and not feel guilty that we put something on our face that we know that we probably shouldn't. And a lot of times, even like on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see like Muslim hijabi influencers, uh, marketing products, a lot of skincare products that we're really not supposed to be able to use. And, you know, they're marketing and promoting these brands, but the brands aren't even thinking about actually formulating products so that they are permissible for Muslims to use. And so I wanted to change that. I wanted to change that. Um, And I want everyone like myself, you know, to just feel proud of the skincare that they use. And another aspect um, that a lot of people don't even think about is even if I were to like order uh, halal skincare from Amazon that may come from a different country, um, a lot of these other halal skincare products from maybe like Europe, the Middle East, Asia uh, in particular, a lot of them have like bleaching and whitening, whitening ingredients because unfortunately the standard of beauty, even on that side of the world, is still a European standard of beauty. And so people want to look 
like what they think white Europeans look like over here. So I wanted to create something that was, you know, halal, but also um, that still like brings out the best in our skin. It, you know, appreciates this melanin um, and has been trying to change it. <laughs> I love that, appreciates this melanin. Well, and there's so many things that you said because I wanna kind of break it down a bit. When we think about halal and we, think about Muslim and we think about the fact to your point, influencers are out there promoting things. I think it's twofold. I think that it's um, perhaps it's the overlooking of something because they are trying to build a brand for themselves. Perhaps it's a money play. You know, a lot of influencers have now used this as their income. And it really like, it made me think so deeply because this is truly, we talk about, you know, marginalized um, and underrepresented communities and people. And wow, like you've shed a light on something that I would imagine if they do know it doesn't feel great. And so every time you're thinking about what's the sacrifice that I've made or how am I turning my back on my own culture and my beliefs? So what you're doing, and, and we talk about beauty because it's so much more than the products themselves, right? And so for you, this is one of the most um, kind of connecting like thoughts to that. Do you know what I mean? Like you're literally creating something that speaks to an entire culture and beyond, but is also the root of what you believe so deeply. So the products just become the vessel to tell the message and to help people authentically connect with what they believe. And that's so powerful. How, how have you connected with um, the Muslim community? Like, what's the support been like and have people, are people understanding that how paramount this is what you're doing? Yeah, so we actually just were at, um, it's called the Mass Convention and it's actually like, in Chicago, it's one of the biggest uh, Muslim conventions, like thousands, 20,000 and up people come to the convention. Um, and it was amazing just to see all of the like young Muslim women so excited about, you know, something new. A, a lot of them don't even realize that the products that they are using actually aren't halal. You would be yes. surprised about how many people were like, oh, I thought it was like halal because it's vegan. <laughs> That's exactly, I, I, I was like, wait, I need to be educated on this. I literally said to Candace, I said, I'm not sure I know enough because I would think the same thing because it's meant to be clean. But when you said the byproducts and the alcohol, I was like, oh, wait. Yes. So you're not the only one. Like even Muslims ourselves, we, we really are like, but it's vegan, so it should be okay. But, <laughs> but even if a product is vegan, it can still contain alcohol, right? Um, and so that portion makes it not halal. Um, and the good thing about just like being halal in general is that it's, it benefits everyone. Like you don't have to be Muslim, right? Like all of us don't want to use products that contain alcohol in them. It's drying, it's not good for our skin. Do you know what I mean? And so um, I really hope that other people, you know, gravitate to the brand kind of like how like K-beauty has really emerged in the US. I hope a lot of people, you know, realize how beneficial it is to just everybody in general. Um, but in terms of like the Muslim community, I have gotten a lot of people who like message us. They're so excited. They're like, can I try this? Can can I do this for you guys? I, I had no idea that you guys existed. This is amazing. And I'm like, you haven't missed out on much. It's only been a year and a half. So our goal is to really just spread awareness. Like we're here, like you've, you've been waiting. I know I have too, and we're here. I mean, the best brands are created from the personal need. Like you're like, you've been waiting, I have too. That is so paramount. And how do you, and, and like, you know, I'm just gonna say this, but so my experience with Halal has more been when I lived in New York. And so it's very much around food because I lived in Brooklyn, then I lived on 14th Street. So it, everything, and I found myself being like, I wanna eat halal food, I wanna eat halal food, because you felt mm -hmm. like you were doing a better service to your body. So mm -hmm. universally speaking, 
what you're doing is good for everyone. And the education piece is so crucial because there's so many benefits to removing those substances, right? And it may be for some, it may not be for everyone, but from a skin perspective, so you mentioned that there were other products or like nail polish or color cosmetics. For skin, why do you think it's been untapped when they're so proud, like halal in food and halal in under, other industries? And on that same vein, talk about the manufacturing piece and cross-contamination and how you ensure that as you're really trying to maintain the benefits of halal as a, you know, as a focus. Yeah. So I think, um, I think the vacancy is most, mostly due to the fact that a lot of our elders, um, right? Like they're, they're using halal products from overseas and then, you know, they're bringing them here, um, or they're just not into skincare at all, really. <laughs> and so it's really like the younger generation that is skincare obsessed like I am. Um, and I think a lot of them just assume that a product, like I said, if it's vegan, then it is halal. And so nobody's maybe thought like, wait, why don't you know we recreate this? Because they thought it probably already existed if it was vegan. Um, but my background in pharmaceutical skincare um, has made me aware that that's not the case. <laughs> and I'm more aware of like formulations, the science behind them. And so with that knowledge, I'm more than aware that 90%, 95, 99 of everything that we're using is actually not permissible. So I just want, you know, wanted to formulate something that, you know, we can all use. And there are brands that are like natural brands that are halal, but they just don't know that they are or they're not like officially certified. Yes. So we are actually halal certified, uh, meaning that we went through the whole entire process, like you talked about uh, regarding like cross contamination um, and things of that nature. And so actually the lab that manufactures all of our products that I've formulated I made sure was like vegan and cruelty free already. So that makes it easier in the process in terms of like certification, because they know that the manufacturing building is already vegan. So they don't have to worry about that. Though you still have to go through the process. It just, just makes it easier that there are no animal byproducts in the lab in the first place. So yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because so many founders, you know, part of the journey is you have the idea, you have the passion, you see the need, but then you actually need a product that works. And so I've talked to several founders that are on the clean journey, but where they're getting stuck is the manufacturer based upon what their interpretation of clean is, right? Because mm -hmm. even though we have the ESG and we're looking at standards, to your point, halal is not vegan, not all vegan products are halal. Not all clean products are actually um, doing what they say, even if yeah. they're trying to match the standards. So it becomes this, I have the idea, I have the passion, there's a need. Now, how do I get into manufacturing that upholds it? And how do mm -hmm. I make sure that my products work? So because of your background and you mentioned like the knowledge piece that you had, what are you like, what was the process of even going into manufacturing, the standards, having to go through the process of being certified for founders who are trying to, trying to figure out how do I find a manufacturer and how do I ask the right questions to make sure that they're going to fulfill mm -hmm. the promise that I want for my brand? Yeah. So that process took me back to like pharma consulting all over again. It was like a lot of education. Um, they had no idea what halal was. They were like, wait, we have to get certified for what? What is this? Um, so that took a lot of uh, education in itself, a lot of time. Um, and obviously, you know, we've, we've been in business for only a year and a half. So a lot of this time has been spent um, educating uh, and making sure that um, they can, you know, deliver uh, what I what I needed to be done. And it took a lot of uh, sam sampling, samples. It took a lot of me uh, making things in my own kitchen 
and sending it back to them. Like, no, this, 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 this. So, I mean, it, it was a journey, um, but, you know, I think that ultimately you really just have to do your research and you really have to make sure like the manufacturing that you're using when you're scaling understands you, is willing to work with you. Um, you can't just use anybody because they can do it. Right. That's <laughs> a lot. A lot of them can do it. Do you know what I mean, yes. you have to you have to really like educate them. They have to educate you. You guys have to get on one accord. Um, so, I mean, I've had to bring in a lot of people um, just like in the halal certification process to educate them aside from myself, um, because even though I'm incredibly knowledgeable and you could say that I'm an expert in halal skincare, right? <laughs> there, <laughs> there are experts just like just in halal in general, just like in any any category, they're experts. And so I needed these people to be able to get us all on one accord so we could really, you know, formulate products that yield efficacious results because no matter what, we're, we're, we're taking this pharma knowledge like all the way, all the way, like these products are gonna work. Yes. They can have organic ingredients, they can be clean, they can be whatever, that can be great. But if it doesn't work, it's not gonna work for me. So we we have to <laughs> we have to we have to keep working on it. So I mean really I would say just don't rush it, take time and just just educate it. Just I mean just educate them. Um because it it's really has to be like a relationship as well. Yeah. I mean, you're entrusting these people with your most valuable asset. And to your point, you're like, it has to work. <laughs> um, and you mentioned the time piece. So it's an interesting thing because you did launch during COVID. So there's the gift and there's the curse of that. Um, but it is this interesting notion of time. So to be able to launch during that time of uncertainty and a year and a half later, you have three skincare subscriptions, the ultimate hydration boost in Brighton, Rosewater Renewal, so how was that and how was time on your side or not on your <laughs> side to get to the products actually being available? Time was not on my side. And sometimes I still feel like time is still not on my side um, because of all of, you know, like the COVID production, delivery issues that just exist right now. Sometimes time is still not on my side. And I'm like, I need more hours in the day. Can we add more than 24? And then, of course, all my, you know, moms who have kids during COVID. Listen, I'm glad that school is back. But there was a time when school was not back. And that was not helpful in running a business. <laughs> but really, I just had to just really just get organized not be afraid to ask for help. And I mean, really, I'm like a solo founder, so I don't have a co-founder. It's really just me. Um, and so really, I mean, I just had to just not be afraid to ask for help, but I could where it was friends and family. I mean, there was there's still a lot of overnights. There was a lot of overnights in the beginning, but really, you know, I'm just so passionate about this and it just really just means so much to me. And I just feel like that's just like the biggest motivator and pusher, you know, that there can be. I'm like excited to wake up and get things done um, and, and do things like this with you and just continue just to grow the business. You know, it's so funny because I'm so like you. I, I love waking up in the morning. Like I really have to make myself sleep longer but it's not it's more like I'm just so excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm ready to get this day going. Like, there's so much that we can do. And so I, I completely feel that. And how old are your kids? Okay, so they're four. And my son, he's about to be three. So oh, my back to back. Wow, you're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I was going to a meeting yesterday, and it started at 830 and like the night before we had got a notice about someone in my daughter seven in her first grade class with COVID. And so I'm talking to my daughter and I'm like, okay, you know, don't be worried. Someone blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, 
that's such and such and such. Says the kid's name. And she's like, oh, we, he was coughing and we all knew and we didn't play with him. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, these kids are out here self-policing themselves. Oh my and goodness. the next day, the moms and I were on this chat. And then the, the next morning, we get this notice that like all parents are getting COVID tested, right? Mm-hmm. Which we're happy about. And we had done all this at our school so that we could get COVID tested. But I say all that to say, it made me like 40 minutes late to my meeting. And I was like, just please give me grace. I'm doing the best that I can because the the juggle and the struggle of the kids and running a business and what you're passionate about and the balance is always, you may have it. And then something out of your control inevitably happens every day. So you talked about the balance of that and like asking for help and having this circle how have you or what can you share or give tips of finding out, knowing that balance is never an equilibrium, but how mm-hmm. did you navigate COVID? No, no school, two small children and a boy, from what I hear, they're, they're very rambunctious. <laughs> yeah. um, and building the company, like what was that like? Were they like with you? How is that village? How important is it to have that village? Yeah. So, I mean, most of the time they were here with me, they were watching mama work. And a lot of time, like a lot of the time it was like, don't touch that. That's for the customer. So they know, like, don't go over here. This is, this is all for the customers. This is, (laughs) don't mess up the marketing materials guys. Um, But yeah, they know what Flora and Nora is. I don't think they like that. It, you know, takes away time uh, (laughs) from them. But they know, and a lot of times, like you said, I do have to, like, incorporate them in doing stuff with me um, just so we can, like, do it together and we can just make the day easier. Nobody's running around. Nobody's screaming. They feel like they're a part of it a little bit. Yes. Um, and then also, a lot of it for me has been, like, really getting my husband on board and really, like, just explaining to him, like, listen, this is what I'm doing. I need you to be supportive. And it's really hard for the both of us because he is actually um, a doctor. So he works like all the time. I, you know, rarely see him. <laughs> and that a lot of times means that it's just really just me and the kids. And so I've had to fly family out to stay here and help me. I mean, I've had to just really work around it. But um they're very supportive. I think they believe in me. And I think that the biggest thing of all is just communication. A lot of it in the beginning was like me actively like emailing people, like just emailing everybody. Like I reached out to you. I, I, I'm actively doing that all of the time. I followed you. I loved you. And I was like, you know, like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, see what happens. And so, yeah, you have to be your own, um, Champion, advocate, champion. Yeah. Um, warrior, you know, you yeah. really have to be in that. And I, you know, that's why even I was grounding um, our conversation in courage because it does take a lot of courage. You were doing something for eight years. You were trained in it. You stepped out. And even when you said reaching out, I mean, you've been in Zoe Report, Vogue, Birdie, Bustle, like, all of that is a combination of your tenacity and asking for help. You mentioned the PR team. I need help here. And as founders, I think it, it it's also takes courage to ask for help. We want to be able to push it through and to do all these things. And I think it also comes with maturity and knowing that the outcomes of when we ask for help and get that support will be far greater than us trying to do it on our own. Um, yeah. It outweighs it, right? It really mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And one thing that you said that I think is interesting, there's two things. Um, Making your kids, you said you made them be part of it. And I think that that is so fundamental and valuable. And again, you know, we are moms. So we know um, we know that moms are very talkative. They have a lot to say. So in my opinion, I'm on the side of you that the more because we have a lot of mompreneurs who are switching careers, starting something new, different life stages. And I I agree with you. I always took um, the notion of I'm going to bring my child into it. 
I'm going to let her travel with me. We're going to share a desk space as hard as that is. Like she's going to be integrated because when you try and separate it or you try and push your dreams back and put everything on your child, then it also doesn't fulfill you. So I just, I love that. And even when you talk about being a solopreneur, in order to be a solopreneur, you have to bring your family into it because you don't have an external co-founder. Mm-hmm. So essentially your husband, your kids, they become co-founders <laughs> or on your cap table or not. Um, they benefit. So talk about, you know, we talked about kind of the mom, the passion, but being a solopreneur, I've been both. Um, I have perspective on either side, but Talk about being a solopreneur, how you've had to kind of do everything and what's your plan in terms of support for the future? Because I want to get into your new products. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it is hard and I mean, everything falls on me. I'm doing everything. And, you know, a lot of people, they recommend like you should get a co-founder. They even have like co-founder matching programs. Um, but I, I, strongly believe that you have to whoever it's going to be it has to be like it has to be an amazing relationship in which they understand you they understand your brand they understand you know where you want to go and so i think right now i'm solopreneuring (laughs) (laughs) yes i think there's Um, a thing that you can't have support but yeah. yeah Yes. And, and, and honestly, I enjoy it. I know right now I'm fundraising and a lot of times it's hard because I, I have noticed that a lot of investors do like to see a co-founder. They do. I mean, honestly they do. Um, but I think if you have like advisors and, you know, like a healthy team of talent, um, that still looks amazing too. Well, (laughs) bring up a great point, actually. Thank you. Um, in terms of fundraising, because we've been having so many conversations like what do investors look for? Are you ready for fundraising? And we haven't talked about this notion of investors um, looking at a co-founder as a benefit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just from my experience having fundraised with co-founders and without, um, it's more about sharing the workload so that the founder, founder founders can continue to move the business forward. And so they see this, like, we're going to make an investment, you know, numbers, I'm going to invest in two and hope that one of them can, can get it than one. Um, yeah. But I do agree with you. I don't think that it always has to be so formulaic as a co-founder versus who's the network that we know you've surrounded yourself with, who can mm-hmm. provide the advice, the guidance, the feedback, the extra set of eyes and arms to help you. So you mentioned the advisors you know, having a team, did you actively build um, a network of formal advisors, informal advisors? What is your team makeup? Who was your first hire if you have one? Like what was that for you? So right now I'm actually currently looking for advisors, but in terms of my like team, uh, I have uh, my chief of marketing. Uh, her name is uh, Hibak Abdullahi. And before this, she actually worked for the Mom Project, which actually just had an amazing round of funding. So she's a really good asset to our team. And I've actually known her for a really long time. So I was like, I need you on board. Please, please help me with this. So she is, she's been like a community manager. She's been in uh, marketing for eight years. Um, and then for the other two years, she was um, actually a journalist. So she actually started out as like a journalist and an editor. And then she moved to marketing. You're like, so, I'm solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we actually have doctors on staff, um, like dermatologists, also just like general doctors. Um, I have, uh, and these are actually, I know a lot of people say family owned. I wouldn't say we're definitely not family owned, but um, a lot of uh, my help and the people on the team are actually family. Oh my gosh. I, I, I have to, <laughs> I love this. And I have to say like, we've been joking about um, the new husbands and boyfriends. And so you're <laughs> like, my husband's a doctor. So it was like in our, in one of our episodes we were talking about, 
Instagram and how it was like everyone had a photographer boyfriend when influencers started. And now it's like, I want my boyfriend to be like a lawyer or manufacturing. <laughs> and so now we're adding as we continue me talking inappropriately about <laughs> dating and married to, um, we need doctors because that works out really well between your background, you know, having family, having people that, you know, for a long time, um, you know, that's one of the challenges whenever you start your business, aside from, Figuring out the product, the manufacturing, the marketing, the fundraise, it's the team. And who can you trust to have the best interest for, of the brand in mind? And, mm-hmm. like, you know, similarly, you know, my really, like, best friend family of 24 years is part of our company. And I know that at the end of the day, he will always be there and he has the best interest because he is invested from a larger perspective that extends far beyond, you know, the company. So what a blessing to have family and long-term people around you. It's a generational wealth through family businesses. We have to do that. That is one of the things I admire about the Jewish community. And so the more that we can do that for ourselves and our culture and, and show that as an example of business is amazing. Yeah. And actually funny enough, I met him at work when I was like, I love this. Doctors. I love this. You're like, little did you know, it's all divine. I, every interaction, everything that we do is divine. And if we can look in the divine interactions, um, the divineness of time when people come together, when you emailed me and us getting in right now, there's some form of miracle and magic that comes out of it. We have to be open to seeing it. So I know, girl, that your intention walking down the hallway was not only to meet a doctor, but hey. (laughs) We're like, it worked out, it worked out. Um, So let's talk about your your products. So you have some amazing products. They cannot stay on the shelves. They're flying everywhere. They're being written up. Your berry oxygen mask with the hyaluronic acid, your rose renewal moisturizer. I mean, the whole renewal collection. It's just amazing. And now you have some new things coming out. So talk about how are you managing, like everybody wants it, wants it with here's the new things that we have. Yeah, so it is actually quite hard. And you'll see like a lot of our products, some of them currently are even like sold out. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're actually... Funny enough, we're restocking two of them today. So (laughs) order, order, order. All of our subscribers, you'll get an email later, okay? Um, So yeah, so that part is a little bit difficult just because of obviously like inventory, um, especially with COVID, but it's been fun. Like I love to see like, especially like pre-orders when people are like pre-ordering. This to me means you love it. You love it enough to wait. And and I love you for that. And so, yeah, so it's really exciting. We're launching three new products um, in the first and second quarter of the year. And actually the second quarter of the year will be at the Allure store in Soho in New York. Oh, yes. Great. Yeah. So we actually will be launching the products there. So we're going to have like, um, three events and at each of those events we're going to be launching the products um and i'll say okay my favorite product that we're launching even though we do already have like um three other vitamin c products um we're launching a new vitamin c product it's a moisturizer that also has a niacinamide as well and it's called super glow and it's my favorite because the super c moisturizer as it is right now um it's like a thicker um cream moisturizer so I love it. I love that product. Um, but this one is actually like a gel. So it wow. goes on like clear, like a gel. It's actually orange for vitamin C. And But we didn't use any artificial coloring, any artificial fragrances. It's literally just orange from the like ingredients, from the natural wow. ingredients. Yeah. So I'm really excited about those. And even, you know, I want to note too, like, um, for example, our Rose Renewal Toner, it smells absolutely divine but that one also has no artificial fragrance if you don't use any it's literally just the actual egyptian rose petals that we formulated into the toner oh my i am obsessed first of all it's beautiful it, it just it's beautiful and when you look inside and that's so funny because i was thinking that i'm like well she's saying it's a lot so clearly there's it's just 
it's so beautiful and I'm obsessed. The vitamin C with the orange. Um, I'm super excited for the Allure store. I love these. It's funny, all these differentiated opportunities for retail experiences mm-hmm. um, and having exposure to a new audience and being able to educate on culture halal and also servicing a need and something that, as you said, is, is efficacious so that we know that it works. So that that's exciting. We'll have to do a, we'll do a fun giveaway. We'll share that later. Yes. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Yes, I'm like, I'm so excited about this. And one thing that you mentioned in terms of the vitamin C, what are the, like, what are the core benefits of your vitamin C? And because we have the halal and the vegan and the cruelty free, how does that enhance the overall um, vitamin C ingredient that you're using? So that, uh, those products, that whole entire vitamin C collection was actually, um, my first collection that I created, and I really created it selfishly for myself um, because what it does is it addresses skin concerns like uh, melasma, hyperpigmentation, um, uneven skin tone. Um, and I suffer from that. Every time I have like a breakout, it results like in a dark spot that takes a long time to you know go away. And a, a lot of vitamin C products are very effective, sometimes too effective and people aren't using it properly, like using sunscreen after, or they'll use it too often. And so you have to, what we've created um, is a gentler vitamin C um, that's still gentle on your skin, um, but that still works to treat hyperpigmentation, uneven skin tone, and also texture as well. So like our toner has glycolic acid, which is like exfoliating um, to try to refine skin texture. Um, and then our serum, though it's a vitamin C serum, we've also formulated it with botanical hyaluronic acid um, to even though you're using vitamin C, you know, to treat your hyperpigmentation, um, that it's not drying as well because a hyaluronic acid is really hydrating. Um, and so the way that we've formulated products is basically we have one main active ingredient that you know, we market that really treats the actual skin concern, but we partner it with another ingredient that makes sure that even though you're treating that skin concern, some of the side effects, like, you know, drying of certain products and things like this won't occur because, you know, we've added hyaluronic acid, we've added glycolic acid for exfoliation. And so we really try to uh, have every product work well in the collection so you can have a routine that's well-rounded. So that's why we have um, skincare routine subscriptions because a lot of people will be confused about how to build a routine, what to use. If I use vitamin C in the morning, can I use retinol or glycolic acid after or at night? People have so many questions about skincare now because they've learned all of these new things. And um, so we're just trying to make it easier for people, trying to make it simpler for everyone. and. Yes, you can use glycolic acid with vitamin C and you can use hyaluronic acid, but we formulated it for you so that um, you don't mess it up when you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're Jordan, doing the guesswork yourself. Amazing. Oh my God, Jordan, 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 Jordan. It's amazing. Like I was wondering, you know, like why you were offering subscriptions now and, and you know what I mean? And it makes so much sense. Thank you for that. Because I'm, you know, <clears throat> selfishly, I'm suffering from some serious masking and some dark spots and um, some reactions to some medicines and trying to figure out, like, what can I mix? What can I match? I'm also a firm believer in going in the sun <clears throat> when I first wake up. And I kind of do it for like 20 minutes. I believe in sunscreen, black girl sunscreen all day long, Chante. But I all do go out without it just for a 20 minutes to like get it and then I put it on. But I say all that to say that the education and the routine of the subscription is so key because we have access to so much information between TikTok and the memes and the hyaluronic acid and what you need and what you can't go out and what you can do. So thank you for explaining that because it, it, it is so much easier when you can get the knowledge, you can have the subscription and then you kind of know what do I need to do and what's the cause and effect. Yeah, skincare Instagram will have you so confused. It will. 
<laughs> it's like the, the gift and the curse. I'm like too much. Okay. Um, as we wrap up, I, I did want to, we're going to get to your favorite product, but um, there was an article in Beauty Turkey and you said, my one goal is to provide people with the healthiest possible options for their skincare. And I think you've everything that you've said, you really are, you're, you're living it, you're creating products that do that. And what's this kind of balance of, I love putting organic things on my body. Um, I don't understand the benefits of them in my body, but how are you really providing this healthiest option? And for me, what I'm hearing is like, it's not just the products, it's the education, but it's the thoughtfulness and how you put it together. So th that's what I'm getting, but you tell me. <laughs> yeah, so um, so organic ingredients are really important for me. Like I'm a mom and I'm like that with my kids, like even like the body butter and the scrub, I've made that so you can use it on your kids. I use it on my kids. It's really great because my son has eczema. So I, it, they're formulated with colloidal oatmeal to treat that. Basically, it's just very important to me. I've worked to make sure that most of the ingredients are organic. And if they're not organic, it's just the ingredients that actually just can't be organic. And yeah, I mean, a part of being halal as well is that you kind of have to just be conscious of the environment, the ingredients that you're using. And so when we chose the manufacturer that we were going to use to help scale our products, they actually already had a whole bunch of organic ingredients they were already vegan they were already cruelty free so it was really really easy to get started with them that's what i really looked for when i was looking um to scale further is that we you know could find somebody that kind of already had like a healthy base of cosmetics and beauty mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah and that's just really just made it made it easier but just being healthy in general is just i'm all about that in this house People, people laugh. My mom, she makes fun of me. My mom makes fun of me because she's like, why does your son know what acai is? <laughs> because he's, he's two. I'm like, listen, he's, he's on the same wave that I am. Yes. Um, and so, yeah. So I just want all of us to just be able to just use skincare that just has, you know, clean, healthy ingredients, makes us feel good. Literally, a lot of these... Uh, products and brands they have very toxic ingredients in them and this is why i love i don't know if you've heard the brand polish choice i love polish choice because they actually have um like a glossary where they you know educate consumers on um like they, they give each ingredient like a rating a health rating as you could say um to just educate consumers as well and so even on our website you'll see like with each ingredient um, I make sure that we actually explain exactly what that ingredient does for you. So, yes. so yeah, so just education is just, I mean, it's just really so important. It's just really so important. A lot of us, like, uh, obviously, I, I used to work for a so-called company, have found out that the things that we were even using for our kids were resulting in cancer and all sorts of things that people are being sued for. And so I'm just really excited that people now are really starting to look into the ingredients that we're using. And, you know, coming from somebody that used to DIY a lot in my kitchen, you know, to make skincare products, because I didn't want to feel bad about using something that I was prohibited from using. I am used to, you know, mixing organic ingredients in my kitchen, you know, to make skincare products. And so my husband would be like, are you cooking or is this for your hair or is this for your face? Which one is it for? I'm like, <laughs> that's great. And it is good because if, if I can put it into my body, I should put it into my face and merging the two and even just the overall perspective on health and wellness. You know, we want to have long fulfilled lives. Like I do believe life is life is long and mm -hmm. it's about how we take care of ourselves, how we take care of our kids and families and aunts and uncles and moms and dads and, and all of it um, and our friends. But the health piece is, is so crucial. And I do have to thank you because you're leading the charge on transparency. It's a, it, you are making us all be more aware, pushing everyone to be transparent in everything that we do and putting our health um, front and center. So thank you for that. So Jordan, you mentioned Polish Toys. 
As we close out, um, we always like to ask, like, what's one brand you're checking out? We are all going to check out Florin Noir. Um, if there's another no. brand that you want to shout out to, let us know. Um, I'm trying to think what other brand. You know what? I'm just, I'll just say, like, a brand that I just use all the time. And I'll, I'll even say skincare, like, topicals. I love topicals. And the reason why I love topicals is because they are so inclusive. I love the people that they show on their feed. Um, I love that they've created like a limited amount of products, right? They don't have like a ton of products, just to have a ton of products. They really work to, you know, create a limited amount of products that really do yield results, you know, which is very important for me. Like I said. <laughs> so I, I love them. I'm all about uh, inclusivity. And so I think they, you know, really do a good job of that um and i love that and i love that and also like i think a part of inclusivity is also affordability because if yes. a lot of people can't buy it is it really inclusive right yes. um and so i love that they they're also affordable as well so um yeah so they they, they check a lot of boxes for me well <laughs> you know what i I keep just like fangirling over you. And because you're one of the few people who is given a brand in their category and there's room for everyone, right? There's room for us to praise and celebrate other brands in our category, you know, especially with their focus on like chronic skincare treatment and like the founders, they're young and they're, you know, diverse. And like, at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. So shout out to you. Um, we love Florinor and what you stand for. We love topicals and what they stand for. And there's room for all of us because at the end of the day, we are diverse and we're serving the needs of so many. So I appreciate you. This has been great. It's so amazing to have you on board. You're a true testament of courage and asking for help and support. So every week I share an influencer I'm checking out. This week, thank you so much, Jordan, for being inclusive and supporting fellow founders um, in the category. Um, it's topicals. So make sure that you follow at topicals. T-O-P-I-C-A-L-S um, for more skincare options. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest, and that is how will you turn your passion into business and create a network that can support you and all of your dreams? So think about how you can connect your passion into a business and then make a list of your network and all of those that can help and support you, whether it's family our long-term friends. And with that, make sure that you follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Until then, have a great week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fish Mar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast. And on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a mean old line media production.